I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the Gospel according to Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. We're going to read verse 19 now, just one verse, but there'll be several verses throughout the Scripture, so I invite you to keep your Bibles handy. Matthew 28, verse 19, where Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful for this privilege now of studying your Holy Word together as your church, your people. God, we ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit. And as I stand before these, your people, this is your church, I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Great Commission, the last words that Matthew records of Jesus, is Jesus saying to go make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Trinity, that's the way we refer to it. Although, here's some trivia for you. Did you know that the word Trinity is found nowhere in the Bible? Nor do we use the word Trinity in the Apostles' Creed. And yet, the concept of the Trinity is so vital to our faith. And by the time the Gospel writers are putting together the Scriptures that we have today, by the time the disciples are sharing the story, by the time Paul, who writes his letters before most of the Gospels were even written, is sharing his faith, the Trinity is so well-known, so established. It was a given. Paul, for example, in 2 Corinthians 13, 13 says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Mark tells us in Mark 1 verse 9 that in those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending in like a dove on him. And a voice from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. This concept of the Trinity, or as the persons of God, was not a new thing. As a matter of fact, surprisingly, if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, when God created the Adam, human beings, God said, let us make humankind in our image. That concept of God in three persons, it's a, a vital part of our theology. Actually, it's been said that every heresy is at its root a heresy about the Trinity. How do we understand God? And yet many will argue that the Trinity in today's time has come under more scrutiny or is becoming challenged more in ways that are kind of terrifying for the church. Now that word Trinity, we use it regularly. For example, there are churches named Trinity or Holy Trinity. And there are hospitals named Trinity. There are colleges and universities that are named Trinity. Trinity. There are communities named Trinity. Near where I grew up, there's a Trinity Church, and just below it, Trinity Fire Department. 
the whole community is known, do you live near Trinity? And we sing it in our songs on a regular basis in traditional worship. For example, we sing the song, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. And if you come to our praise and worship services, you'll hear another one of my favorite songs when the praise team is leading and they, they sing, We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We join together as the church each Sunday. As part of our worship today with you, we have joined together and celebrated the Apostles' Creed, reaffirmed our faith. Did you notice that the Creed is actually broken down with the Trinity? I believe in God the Father Almighty and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit. The church reaffirms it. We finish it up in traditional worship with what's known as the Gloria Patri, when we sing glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. When we share together in our offerings and we celebrate all that God has given to us and, and we share the offering together, it is often then celebrated and supported with the doxology. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It is such a vital part of our theology that it is throughout the worship of the church, the theology of the church, it is central to the faith of the church. But if we're honest, it's difficult to explain. Do we believe it? Absolutely. Can you explain it? Probably not. Most of the time when we try, we'll use examples, but they fall apart when you really try to dig into them. We know that God is one. The Shema that we looked at last week, Deuteronomy 6.4, tells us the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. There's only one God, but God is in three persons, the blessed Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And there have been all kinds of heresies through the years, like subordination. First, there's God, and a little less than God is the Son, and a little less than the Son is the Holy Spirit. God is greater than the Son, Son's greater than the Holy Spirit. That's not accurate. That's a heresy. Or modalism, well, first you had God the Father on the scene, and then, and, and then He steps aside, and, and then the Son comes on the scene for a while, and, and then when Jesus steps aside, the Holy Spirit comes. Well, that's modalism. God re reveals Himself to us in different modes at different times. But no, we know Jesus existed at the beginning. John tells us that. Terms sometimes bother us a little bit. We refer Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Some others try to say, well, that's Creator, Redeemer, Sanctifier, or Creator, Liberator, Sustainer. We try to figure out ways to refer to this God who is so far beyond anything that we can explain. That's why Ellsworth Callas, who was a great biblical scholar, he wrote and said that the Trinity is... In a real sense, our word for what we know to be true, but can't fully explain. We know it's true. 
we just have a hard time explaining it or defining it. Karl Barth, another amazing theologian, said, When we have said what is meant by Father, Son, and Spirit in God, we must continue and say that we have said nothing. We just struggle really trying to define. So we're going to spend some time over the next three Sundays looking at the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Who is this God that we believe in? And we will not be able to fully explain God, but think about it this way. If we human beings with our finite minds could fully explain God, how small would God have to be for me to be able to clearly define Him? God's beyond our comprehension. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And our church, we have windows of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. It's part of our faith. But the first person of the Trinity is God, the Father Almighty. God as creator in the creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. One of the images we see of God is a God who is beyond us. One way I often think of the Trinity is God who is is beyond us, God the Father. There's God the Son who comes to live with us. There is God the Holy Spirit who lives within us. All three aspects of God are, are real and vital at the same time. God is always beyond our wildest imaginations, beyond anything we can think or dream. Yet God is always with us and God is always within us. But God, the Creator, the Father Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth, earth. I mean, the God that we worship is the God who created this world. We, we read the stories in Genesis, and whether you read it literally or uh, figuratively, either way, you come back to, it was God who created, and when God created, it was good. As a matter of fact, when God finished and created us, it was very good. John actually picks that up in John chapter 1 when he goes, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. God is the amazing Creator who created the heavens and the earth and all that is around us. This amazing God was able to create by simply saying the words, This God is incredibly powerful. So we refer to God as the Father Almighty. I mean, an all-powerful God where nothing is impossible. Now, I I mentioned that the Trinity is is often uh, held in jeopardy today or is critiqued today or questioned today, which actually questions the whole foundation. I, I was actually listening not long ago to a pastor who was sharing that he no longer really believed that God was almighty, that actually God was limited, that there were these things that God couldn't do, couldn't deal with now until the end of time when God would then make things right. But right now, God was just limited. And I I scratch my head because our God is able to do all things. I'm reminded of a time when 
Jesus comes up and there's a man who has a son who's possessed. He had tried to get the disciples to heal him. They couldn't seem to be able to do it. It's in Mark chapter 9. And, it, and, and then around verse 23, I mean, Jesus is saying to him, you know, do you believe? All things are possible to those who believe. And, and, and the man says to Jesus, if you're able, if you are able. And Jesus says in Mark 9, 23, if you're able, all things can be done for the one who believes. I love as well when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he falls down and prays out to God before the crucifixion, and he says, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Mark 14, 36. Or when the angel appears to Mary and tells her, She's about to conceive and bear a child. And she goes, how can that be? I mean, I'm, I'm a young person. I'm not even married yet. And the angel says to her, nothing will be impossible with God. Job 42, verse 2, back in the Old Testament said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Jeremiah 32, verse 17, Ah, Lord God, it is you who made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And in Luke 18, verse 27, he replies, What is impossible for mortals is possible for God. I believe in God the Father Almighty. You do not have a God who is limited. You do not have a helpless God. You do not have a God who is unable to come along beside of you wherever you are, whether you're celebrating a mountaintop, crawling through a valley, somewhere in between. Your God is able. We believe in an almighty God. But then... I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Now, that's a turn in our theology. Because God, this God, this powerful creator God who created the whole world by merely saying the words, this, this God who is almighty, all-powerful, can peel back the sea for the children of Israel to go through, can, can do all kinds of amazing, miraculous things. This God wants to be in a relationship with us that is like a parent-child relationship, an intimate relationship. I, I want you to hear that today. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're feeling, your God, the Creator God, is an almighty, unlimited God who loves you by name so much that He wants to be in a relationship with you and with me. And an intimate relationship where we share life together. He refers to God himself as Father. Remember when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. And if you look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, when Jesus begins the Lord's Prayer, he said, pray then like this, our Father. I mean, Jesus said to us, when you pray, pray like this. This is Jesus 
God Himself giving you and me permission that when we pray to God, we are able to cry out to God as our Father. The God who creates the world, the unlimited, almighty, all-powerful God, loves you to the point, call me Father. God wants an intimacy with us in our lives, to, to share our lives together, to walk with us in our lives. When God created human beings, the Adam there in the Garden of Eden, God's desire was to walk with them in the garden, to share life with them. And God's desire for you and for me is to share life with us. Hear the beauty of that. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, but God wants an intimate relationship, that kind of powerful God. When you hear him say it when he creates the covenant with Abraham, it's respoken throughout as he talks to the prophet Jeremiah and others when he goes, I will be your God. You will be my people. Think about that. God looks at us and goes, that's my people. Those are my people. Again, that verse when Jesus was in the garden that we just mentioned a moment ago when he said all things are possible. Listen to how he began in Mark 14, 36. He cries out to God, Abba, Father. The word Abba, that's the Aramaic word for father. It's that intimate word for father that a child would use for their dad. It's daddy, papa. It's an intimate relationship, and then we are invited to have that kind of intimacy. Listen to Paul in Romans 8, verse 15, when he says, When we cry, Abba, Daddy, Papa, Father, it's that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. Galatians 4, 6, Paul says again, And because you are children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Daddy, Papa. And I love then when Jesus is sharing the promise in John 14, He says, In my Father's house there are many rooms. For not so would I have told you that I go to prepare a room for you, where is the promise of our lives? In our Father's house. It's the family home because God calls you and me family. Family. Paul again, writing to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 4, verse 4 says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you are called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Now sometimes when we get to using the word Father, it can be problematic because unfortunately, and yet realistically, in our world, not everyone has had a positive image of Father. For some, fatherhood has been an incredibly painful or abusive kind of relationship. To refer to God as Father then may seem like a negative, but what I want you to hear is, is that God's not speaking here in a sense of masculinity. Call me Father. No. 
What God is trying to speak of here is an intimate parent-child relationship. And maybe the type that we had wasn't what it should have been, what you had. But God's trying to say it's the relationship of a parent-child in the sense that what God intended for a parent-child relationship to be was unconditional love, sacrificial love, a love that would seek to protect those who are loved, who would do anything to help those who are loved, who will always be there for those who are loved. So here then, if that's not been our earthly reality, that's still who God, the epitome of a parent-child relationship is. That's why there's also maternal images in the scripture of God. For example, I love the image when Jesus is looking out over Jerusalem. His heart is breaking. He's lamenting over the brokenness and the pain and the hurt and the apostasy of Jerusalem. And he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. This is Matthew 23, 37. The city that kills the prophets, stone those who are sent to it. I want you to hear this intimacy. Jesus said, How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and yet you were not willing. God just wants to, to embrace you into the loving arms of that protective, loving mother. But again... How do we see this precious God? The Trinity, it's not the easiest thing in the world to explain. I believe in God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But here's what I hope you hear from this. When we say that, you have this incredible, almighty God who can do all things and nothing is impossible with God so there is no problem in your life that is bigger than you and God can handle because God's got you. He'll help you through. He'll be there for you. You have this almighty God who is so powerful that he could create the entire world by simply saying, let there be. And when he does, it's good. It's very good. Now sin enters and breaks it. But we will see next week how God so loves that He gives His only Son. Just know you have this God who is Almighty, the Creator, and who wants to have an intimate relationship with you because He loves you unconditionally. He loves you sacrificially. He loves you in a way that there's a commitment to always be with you, even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can fear no evil, for He's right there with you. That's your God. What kind of God do you worship? When we share, I believe in God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, celebrate the Father, for you have a God who is almighty, the creator of the world who yet loves you and loves me by name, wants to be in a relationship with you by name, wants to take you in his arms and hold you as his child. 
by name. As Paul says, and now, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful for your love and grace. And God, as we think about who you are, you are far beyond anything that we could ever describe and ever be able to explain because you are, you're beyond definition. And yet you revealed to us that you are Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, one God, three persons, all wrapped up in one. And God, we are so grateful of who you are as an almighty God, all-powerful, nothing's impossible with you. You're able to create the world, and yet you love us and want to be in an intimate relationship with us. So God, we pray that if there's one person who's joining us together in worship today that does not have that relationship with you, that they would realize and that you are stretching out your arms and you want to embrace them, to take them under your wing and to hold them, protect them, love them, and be with them through whatever part of life they may be going through. You do that for all of us. And we believe in you. Our Father, Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth. Amen.